Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. Welcome back to day 17 of the Proverb a Day Challenge, where we aspire to grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord as we read through the book of Proverbs. Now, we're way past halfway, and it's getting more interesting. The things that are definitely standing out a lot more or being repeated that should be targeted to our hearts. So I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says, Better is a dry muscle with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer gives heed to false lips, a liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. An evil man seeks only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool in his folly. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like releasing water, therefore stop contention before a quarrel starts. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchased price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. He who loves transgression loves strife. And he who exalts his get seeks destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. And he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow. And the father of a fool has no joy. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A wicked man accepts a bribe before the, behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perspective. Hmm. I feel like some of these don't even need deeper understanding or deeper breaking down because seriously, 
they're just right to the point, easy to understand, easy to get into our hands. But I'm going to get out the ones that have been repeated mostly and those that I can highlight and relate more into the reality of everyday life. And the first one is verse six. It says, children are true. children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. And I have seen some versions say grandchildren are a joy to their grandparents, something like that. And that is a joy if the parents have been grounded, the grandparents have been grounded in the word, taught their children to grow in the word. And now their children have children. So they're going to be a joy because it's a whole inheritance carried down. And that is the forever inheritance of Jesus Christ, of knowing the truth, of having the knowledge of the Lord. And that is what usually separates them. And it says the glory of children is their father. I mean, I have heard different sayings about legacy being in the hands of the parents. And I get it. But most of the legacy is left through the man and the man is the one who carries down the inheritance. And as women, we ought to be the helpers because we carry the children, but they end up being on the father's side and they're named after their father. So if you ground your children in a godly way, they're definitely going to be the, the glory of their father because he holds the highest legacy. He is the leader of the home. And the other one that stands out for me is verse 9. It says, he who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates friends. And this reminds me of the verse that says, love covers a multitude of sin. And the second part of the verse says, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. So what does it mean? When you do something wrong and your friend forgives you, they love you. But ought not to do it again, like ever. Because the more you do it, it's going to separate people it's going to break trust. It's going to feel like you're always doing that or you're doing it intentionally. And as Christians, that's what we ought to do. Ask for forgiveness and walk away from doing that thing again. Are there times when you're going to do it again? Yes. But the limit of how many times you do it and your intention should be the goal of intending. I don't intend to hurt this person. I don't intend to do something wrong to this person. And I love how it says, he who covers the transgression seeks love. And the Bible tells us to forgive 77 times, seven times. And honestly, it is sometimes more than that. It feels like sometimes it's more than that. And it's still very, very painful. And I'm speaking from a place where I've had to experience this myself, where you keep forgiving and forgiving. Because that's all you know. That's all you ought to do. And forgiveness takes off the burden from you. It doesn't mean that you automatically forget or the other person becomes perfect. <laughs> no, it's because you ought to take the burden from you. And I've realized that when I don't forgive, I kind of push the Holy Spirit away. And I'll give an example. One time I was so furious. I was so mad at something that anyone would be mad at. I would be mad at. And I remember at the same time, I was also praying to God about, you know, to reveal to me something to help me make the decisions that I had to make then. And it was a very, very big decision. And I remember I prayed so hard. I prayed. I fasted. And I couldn't get an answer. It felt like, why is God so distant? What am I doing wrong? I am doing all these things right. Until it clicked to me. It was like a light bulb moment. And the Lord is like, 
you're still holding into this. You still have the anger. You have not fully forgiven that person. So whether they acknowledge that they need to be forgiven or they did something wrong to you or whether they didn't, you ought to forgive them. And I remember telling the Lord, <laughs> I'm starting to get teary. I remember telling the Lord, it's so hard because I am hurt. I am hurt. And it's so painful. And he was just like, you cannot forgive on your own. It is me to help you. And it was one of the hardest things to do, to just like forgive a person who you clearly knew had hurt you so bad, did not acknowledge that, you know, they did something wrong to you or they hurt you. And then you have to move on from that. It feels like forever. It feels like, why am I doing it? Why do I have to be the bigger person? And yet I'm still carrying on the pain. But for them, you know, it wasn't such a big deal. And I remember telling the Lord, just help me. So I put on my worship music and I was just in my room for like a couple hours. I would say minutes, but it feels like forever. And I was in there just telling God, just help me walk through this process. Help me forgive. Because I don't want to carry strife and anger. Because that blocks the Lord. It says, the Bible clearly says to be angry and not sin. But here, here I was holding a grudge and feeling like, oh, I should never talk to that person. Or they should never cross my path again. And you can say all those things, but when your intention is right. But for me, it was more out of anger and strife. So that blocked the Lord. From me hearing the Lord for what I was praying about. And it took time. Every time I remembered what had gone on, I would just feel like, Lord, you said you would walk with me throughout this journey to forgive and not carry it as an angry person. And it became easier. It became easier the more I kept remembering about it because you don't honestly forget. They say forgive and forget, but you may most likely forgive and you will never forget because the pain is so raw. The pain is so, so fresh and so stinging each time. And each time I had those triggers of what had happened, I'll just say, Lord, please help me walk through this. And sometimes I'll just end up crying yet. I just had <laughs> a good time and then I'll end up crying and, you know, switch on my worship music or go to the Lord and pray and just be like, Lord, carry me through this moment. And he always does. That's the beauty of the Lord. He will always, always carry you through those times. So I hope that you get to cover the transgressions and forgive and then seek love from the Lord because he will definitely carry you through that. I hope someone needed that. I didn't really know I was going to talk about that or even end up crying. But I hope you needed that. You needed to forgive someone. I hope this is really a good step. This is really a good step for you to start. And let us go to the next verse that speaks out to me. It's verse 12. It says, Let a man meet a bear robbed of her carbs, but rather than a fool in his folly. And honestly, we all know mama bear comes from there. Like a bear will be the most furious, will tear everything in its way so she can find her cubs. But here the Bible is telling you, you rather meet a bear robbed of her cubs than meeting a fool in his folly. <laughs> a fool must be that bad, like horrible, horrible. Like So you rather meet a bear and he tells you to death and you go meet your maker soon than meeting a fool. And it, it goes a long way about who you surround yourself with. Are they pouring into you words of wisdom or 
they're driving you to the opposite side of being a full yourself. And the other one that also stands out for me is verse 13. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. And we clearly see the big example of this one is David himself, who is Solomon's father. And Solomon wrote his book, this book, and we clearly see the Lord told him that strife was again to leave and his son was going to turn against him. And that was Absalom. And we clearly see evil did not depart from his house until almost David's death. Because even during, before, before David died, his other son was trying to be king instead of Solomon. Because he saw himself fit to be king. And you see how evil, but David repented, brought himself back to the Lord. And when he died is when all the strife, you know, the evil kind of walked away. And here is Solomon, but also we see Solomon is not a perfect man. He has 600 wives with a thousand concubines. I mean, 400 wives and 600 concubines. So there's always a little bit of that. So let's ought to be good and walk for justice. And the other verse is verse 14. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. And we've all been in those moments where we feel so angry and you feel like, I need to release this to feel better. I need to release this to, I need to say this to them to hurt them more so that they can feel my pain too. But here the Bible is telling us, stop contention before a quarrel stops. So, let us hold into our tongues. And the verse that affirms that is uh, um, the last verse, 28, which says, A fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. So how do you avoid a quarrel? You shut your lips, go to the Lord, take it to the Lord. And now taking it to the Lord doesn't mean that you just don't talk about that issue. Take it to the Lord. Let him work within you and that anger. And then he will guide you through on how to deal with that. Now you've talked to the, let me say it is a friend. You're mad at this person. You clearly have every reason to be angry and you feel like, oh, I should hurt them. Or I should say things that, you know, make them feel my pain, that they should know that, that I, I was hurt that much or, you know, call them back or all these things. But taking it to the Lord, shut your mouth, take it to the Lord, and then he will guide you on how to deal with that. Then you can come back when you're lot at ease. <laughs> you will come back a lot at ease and you will be able to, you know, communicate properly. This is how I was hurt. This is... This doesn't sound fair or this is what happened. And oftentimes, more than usual, you will find out that the other person did not intend to hurt you. It was just a matter of perspective, a matter of a tone of voice, of attitude, a bad day, or whatever was going on within them. So then the other one that stands out for me is definitely verse 20. Oh no, verse 17 first. Let's first do verse 17. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. I mean, you're born with your brother, you're born with your sibling, but more than usual, you're always bickering and fighting with your siblings more than you fight with your friends. Because I've had a saying that says, friends are the family that we choose. And family is the blood we are born with. <laughs> so you clearly can't choose a brother. No. But you get to choose a friend 
And he had says, a friend loves at all times. Let us be those friends who love at all times. Let us be friends that love at all times, that are caring and not looking out to do evil or bad to, you know, our friends. And the other one is verse 18. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. And we read about this in the earlier verses. I think it was around verse 5, 4 or 6. I don't remember so well. But it says not to shake our hands into a pledge on behalf of a friend. And here it affirms it too. And also verse 20 stands out for me. It says, he who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. Meaning, we need to tame our tongues still about anger, forgiveness, and the things that we say when we are angry or discontent. I don't know why it's all directing to forgiveness, but I hope this is to someone who needs it. I didn't really have this in mind or even in my notes to talk about this but i guess that's where the holy spirit is leading me i hope anyone who is facing with anger forgiveness even me myself there's still areas i need this much grace so i hope it speaks to someone i hope it speaks to someone and you do the due diligence to work with the holy spirit to guide you through this season and verse 20 just tells us to that and he who was a perverse tongue falls into evil. And I still go back to James. He is my biggest pointer on how to tame the tongue, what to do to hold ourselves accountable and tame our tongues. And the next verse that stands out for me is verse 22. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Now we read about this earlier. Let us just reaffirm it. A merry heart does good like medicine. Let us be the joyous ones, the positive ones, the encouraging ones, the uplifting ones. I think one of the Proverbs says that um, good words bring joy to the heart, something like that. And here we're seeing, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Because imagine meeting a person who is always toxic, always negative, how much you would feel whenever they talk to you, discourage you, you always feel like, ah, that person drains me, that person is never uplifting. It feels like you're dying slowly but sure in this person's presence. So let us be the ones that have good and merry hearts to do good and encourage others, uplift others in the Lord and not be the toxic ones. And that's what I, those are the things that stood out for me and the biggest nuggets for me were to do good to our friends, to our family, to our children, and also to tame the tongue. To tame the tongue, especially in times of anger and in times when we don't know what to say or do, we rather keep quiet and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. And also being fair and just. Verse 23 says, A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. So let us be fair and just in our rulings, in our responsibilities at work, in our ministries. Let us be fair and just. And also be optimistic and encouraging. Be the one who is the uplifting friend who loves at all times. And be the one whose mouth or whose words and whose heart brings good like medicine and not be the broken spirit. Let's be encouraging and also shut our lips and hold our peace. Especially in times 
we want to do the opposite. Let us hold on to that and let the Holy Spirit guide you. And let me know. Hope to see you tomorrow for day 18. Feel free to share this with all your friends. Let them join us in the Proverb Day Challenge as we grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, Imelda Ananziato, and also get some Bible supplies from Thrive in Faith Co. also on Instagram. Bye.